0: Hey, welcome to the CJM Podcast, this is Chris Jacobs, oh, always on cue, the live studio audience. Hey, I've got a really good podcast for you today. Why? Because it's a Bible teaching, it's scriptural, therefore it's good, because it's not mine. It's the Lord's. Six things needed to receive a miracle. I'm not saying that this is an exhaustive list, but I'm going to give you six things needed to receive a miracle. Now, by show of hands, raise your hand if you've ever needed to receive a miracle in your life. (laughs) How many of y'all raised your hand? And this is just the podcast. Oh man, leave a comment and tell me if you actually did it. That's hilarious. Maybe nobody did, but anyway. No honestly though, think about it. The, a miracle to one person could be nothing to another. What a miracle or what something that something that somebody needs could seem very significant to one believer or to one person. And they could say, "Man, I need this, this is a miracle." And you could take another person and say, that's not really a miracle. Well, you know, there's some things in life that to some people, if it happened to them, it would be a miracle. But then there's others maybe have progressed in life into a certain place and it's like normal for them. Hey, guess what? I believe that all believers should know how to activate the miraculous working power of the Lord God, and so I'm going to fly through this this podcast, this teaching. I, it's going to be a a booster for you. Take notes. There's six points I wrote down. I'm going to give you some scripture, and away we go. I'm going to first start by reading the first twelve verses in John chapter two. We can't skip this, okay? This is what it says. I'm reading out of the NLT verse one, John chapter two, verse one. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus, his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus's mother told him "They to have no more wine. Verse four, Jesus replied, dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons of liquid. Verse 7, Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants, I'm, I'm stressing the word servants on purpose, uh, followed his instructions. They followed Jesus' instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him and after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. Okay, faith. Jesus turned the water into wine. The Bible says this is a miracle. And it was the first miracle that Jesus did, revealing his glory. Now, remember this. Everything that Jesus did was to bring glory the Father. This is the first miracle that Jesus performed. He turned water into wine. Now also you have to know this, it's not that they were all drunk and then couldn't taste the good wine, because then it would be pointless. Just think about it. Most people think like, oh yeah, they save the the cheap stuff because everybody's drunk And then, you know, they don't really care what they're drinking. Well, the ceremony, the the master of ceremonies wouldn't have made a big deal about it. This is symbolic, but I'm not getting into this teaching of the Holy Spirit. But just know this. One thing needed to receive a miracle is you need faith. Now, seeing the word work in a person's life helps another person believe. I'm going to repeat that. Seeing the word work in another person's life helps another person believe or have faith. Because after they had uh, witnessed this, it says that his disciples believed in him. Did they not believe in him before? Hey, listen, there were times when the disciples struggled in their faith. Jesus addressed it. He was with them. For three and a half years, traveled, did ministry with them. They saw a lot of things, but it said that they believed in him after he had done this, and it was the first miracle that he performed. Started his ministry. Okay, number two, honor. Six things needed to receive a miracle. You need honor. Let me read First Samuel chapter two, verse thirty. Actually, before we go there, I skip number one, faith. You need faith. They believed they had faith. That's Hebrews 11, 6. That's what I wanted to go to. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who? God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, number one, you need faith. You need faith when you go to God. Number two is honor. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. This is what it says. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I indeed say that your house and that of Aaron, your father, would walk in priestly service before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be insignificant and contemptible. The Lord says right here, those who despise me, those who don't put value on God's word, those who don't honor the word, I will consider you insignificant and contemptible. We can hold ourselves in contempt when we make a mistake and be boo and asking for forgiveness. If you believe the word, when you ask with a sincere heart, a heart of repentance, godly sorrow, brings true repentance it means you turn from doing that which is sin in your life he forgives and not only does he forgive when he blots out a transgression he forgets it for his own sake that's what the bible says and then he goes on and he cleanses you from all unrighteous doing from all unrighteousness he removes it so you need faith to receive a miracle You need honor. You need to honor the word to receive a miracle. Number three, six things needed to receive a miracle. You need obedience. Obedience, yes, obedience to the word. Now, listen to this. We read John chapter two, one through 12. I want to look specifically at verse five in the New King James Version. It says this, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Who is she talking to? The servants. I'm going to get to that in a moment. You want to see a miracle in your life? The Bible says that this was a miracle. Jesus worked this miracle. He turned water into wine. It was the first of miracles. There were servants involved. The mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. You want to see a miracle? Do what Jesus says. You want to see a miracle? Be obedient to the word. Do what the word says. Be a doer of the word. Now look at this. We're going to go back to an Old Testament book called Joshua chapter 1. And let me just read this to you from the Amplified translation. Verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall Read and meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you know the word, when you observe the word, when you seek out understanding of the word, and you start to become knowledgeable, I mean, the word starts to become alive in you, and God starts to put the wisdom of the word in you, the Bible says that you then make your way prosperous. He's not controlling anybody. You want to see a miracle in your life? Uh, Meditate on the word Get to know the word Allow it to start to live on the inside of you Because that's what's going to come out of you Life will come out of you Miracles don't happen for death They happen for life Miracles are good things Have you ever heard anybody say Wow, that dude just died That was a miracle Or, oh my gosh Did you see how bad that accident was? That was a miracle No, it's not a miracle. It's a tragedy. But if somebody escapes death, oh my goodness, that guy almost just got nailed by that car. That was a miracle. Did you see how that car missed that guy? Or, oh my goodness, that was almost the worst accident I've ever seen. That was a miracle that they did not crash. See, miracles are good things, not bad things. They're good things. So you need obedience Obedience to the word. you got to observe it. you got to do it. The Bible says that when you do that, you become prosperous and successful in everything that you do. And then it says, Jesus, have I not commanded you in a question form? He said, be, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or intimidated by people. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Rest in that. Number four, six things needed to receive a miracle. A minister or ministers? Now, hear me out. It's not just ministers that can do exploits uh, for the gospel's sake or do miracles or work miracles. The definition of a minister or the definition of minister is servant. So you need. A minister or ministers or a servant or servants. Okay, stay with me here. Now I'm going to go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. I'm going to read this to you in the New King James Version. This is what it says. This is halfway through the scripture. It says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. When a miracle's needed, it's good to have a servant of God around. You need it. Especially if there's something tragic going on in your life and it's like, oh man, I I need a miracle. I need a miracle of God. There's times where if we're not to the place where we can work or believe for that miracle in and of ourselves, you better have a minister or a servant friend that can believe with you. I hope that makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. Number four, six things needed to receive a miracle. Number four, a minister or ministers, a servant. Servants of the Most High God. I want to also read Mark chapter two, one through five. Listen to this. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that There was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they, they couldn't get through. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. See, that was number one. Six things needed to receive a miracle. Number one, you need faith. Faith is an action. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. I'm going to go on and keep reading verse 6. But some of the teachers of religious law, some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, they weren't speaking out loud. They were thinking, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Exclamation point. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat and walk. In other words, be healed. So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home! Exclamation point. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Let me tell you something. When you preach the word of God, as Jesus was, Exploits, miracles, great things that glorify God and the truth of his word shall come to pass. It will stun onlookers. It will amaze people and it will cause them to praise God. (laughs) Number four, a minister ministers. Jesus was a servant. He was a minister. We still have ministers and servants today. That was number four. Six things needed to receive a miracle. Number five, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, and I'm going to read down through verse nine. Listen to what it says. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is, is um, about to speak, okay? Uh, Luke is writing this. It says, in my first book, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked with them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom?" He replied, The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But so, pause right there. They're thinking on a natural sense, but Jesus is building a spiritual kingdom. The, uh, he's moving the apostles into the start of the church age, right? When he ascends, we're about to see him ascend. When the Holy Spirit's poured out on all flesh, church age, okay? So verse eight, uh, well right before that he says, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about the restoration naturally. that's coming, but wait a minute. Now but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. Number five, out of six things needed to receive a miracle, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain that here with number six. In John chapter 14, verse 12, the Bible says, he who believes on me, Jesus is speaking, and the works that I do He shall do also, and even greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, Jesus said, those who believe on me and the works that I do, did Jesus do miracles? The answer is yes. We can read about them. Jesus said, if you are a believer and you believe the works that I do, because I'm going to my Father, you're going to do these works. When he went to his father, he said, wait till you receive the promise of the father. Don't do any of my work. Don't even witness for me until you receive that promise, because that promise is coming and his name is Holy Spirit. He is the third being of the triune God. Holy Spirit will come upon you. Then you'll be my witnesses. Number six, out of the six things needed to receive a miracle, do what Jesus did and how he did them. How do you learn how to do that? We read it in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You need to be speaking his word, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You need to be looking at it, speaking it, thinking on it, observing it. So that you can do it. Speak the word of truth and the Holy Spirit's power will confirm the word by doing what you've declared or preached or taught in Jesus' mighty name. And I'm going to end with this. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. You do not want to miss this, okay? This will explain a lot to you about the word of God. And about the work that we do. Now, in Acts, he gave them a command. Don't go do anything until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because in not so many days, you're going to receive power from on high. You're going to be endowed or endued with power from on high. Then you'll be able to go out and do, uh, do my witnessing, be my witnesses tell people, preach, and actually do the works that I did. Mark, chapter 16. It's the last chapter of the book of Mark. And this is what he said. Now, this is Mark's account right before Jesus ascended into heaven. This is part of the Great Commission. Verse 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Pause. Just so that we're clear. There are three baptisms for the believer. The one that he is mentioning here is he who believes and is baptized. That baptism out of the three is the baptism into the body of christ or being immersed into the body of christ when you confess and call on jesus as lord when you declare that he is the son of god that he came in the flesh that you believe that that he died on the cross in your place went to hell and on the third day god's love and the power of the spirit of god raised him from the dead, believing now that he's seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. When you believe that, that is the baptism that it's talking about. That's salvation. Okay. It's not talking about being water baptized. And it's not, that's, that's not the baptism of the Holy spirit either. That's saving baptism, being immersed into the body of Christ because you believe who Jesus is. The one who was and is, and is to come moving forward. But he who does not believe will be condemned. It doesn't say he who does not get water baptized or he who does not get baptized with the Holy Spirit will be condemned. However, it's important that you're baptized with all three baptisms. Verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name, in Jesus' name, because this is red letter, he's speaking. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover or the sick will recover. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out, preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. Okay, pause. Now, in the book of Acts, when Jesus was received up into heaven after instruction, Luke was telling us that Jesus said, don't go do anything until you receive the promise of the Father. You'll get power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Joel chapter 2 talks about this in that day. In what day? In the day that we're in right now. The Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. That's where we're at. That's what happened. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. Okay, here's what's important. They had to go back to Jerusalem and wait. And they did. And in the upper room, a sound as... A mighty rushing wind came through the house, and tongues of fire sat upon each of them. And they began to speak in tongues, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance or ability. Let me go back to this scripture here in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 19 through 20. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 20. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. Now, in my Bible, most Bibles, the word them is italicized, which means it's not in the original transcripts. We can picture it like this. They went out, the Lord was working through the vessel, the, the apostles, the, the disciples, those who went out to preach the word. But let's remove the word them because it's not originally there. This is powerful. You want miracles in your life. You have to recognize how you're going to have them. And it's really easy. You do need these things in order, six things. But this is the key. This is the major key that I'm about to give you. So if you turn this off too soon, you better turn it back on. Okay, let's take them out of verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs amen what what were the accompanying signs preaching getting people born again signs following they casted out demons people that were oppressed possessed they spoke with new tongues they they over they they rose above adversity serpents they took the old temptations that would distract them the, the, those serpents that they took up it's not handling snakes It's a representation here. And if they were in new territories, you know, different cultures, you're not used to certain things. If they drank anything that was deadly to them, it wasn't going to hurt them. And they laid hands on the sick and the sick recovered. Those were the accompanying signs at the preaching of the word. But what does the word, what does the Lord work with? The Lord works with the word. He confirms the word through the accompanying signs. I'm going to read it again. Verse 20, without the word them that's italicized, not in the original transcript. And they, the disciples, and you could put yourself in there right now if you are a disciple of Jesus. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. The Lord does not work with the human being. He uses or works with a vessel that will speak his word. Can you see that? Because if you don't speak his word and do his word the way that he did them, there's no confirmation with the accompanying signs. In order to do them the way that he did them, you have to have relationship with him. How does that happen? You read the word. You meditate in it. You observe to do it. Because Jesus is the word. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Created everything. Drop down to verse 14 in that same chapter. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. You have to use the scripture if you're going to see miracles happen. In your life. Because that's what the Lord works with. He is faithful to his word. He cannot deny himself. He's not faithful to what we want or what we think. He's faithful to his word. And his word is always good. It's perfect. It's complete. And it's living. Six things needed to receive a miracle in your life. If you need a miracle in your body... You need a miracle in your family. You need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle in your job. You need any promise from God that seems like it's, that would be a miracle if it would happen. Does God still do miracles? Absolutely. He does them every day. And he paid a high price to do them every day to work through willing vessels, his disciples. But he works with the word and he confirms that word through the accompanying signs which makes it truth and it glorifies the father amen hey i hope this blessed you six things needed to receive a miracle you need faith you need honor you need obedience to the word you need a minister or ministers you need those who will serve the word servants of god servants of jesus you need the power of the Holy Spirit, and you need to do what Jesus did and how he worked miracles. Amen. Hey, I love you. We appreciate you. So thankful for all the partners of CJM. Those are six things needed to receive a miracle. It's not an exhaustive list. There could be some other things that you could add to it. There could be some things that you're like, eh, might not need all that. Uh, I think you do.